You're listening to the Van Moody Podcast. Our passion is transforming the world by transforming lives. In today's episode, we'll continue in our Get Closer series with part seven. Bishop Van Moody will read and break down Isaiah 42 through 43 and reveal how God uses problems in our life to ready us for purpose. Let's get started. Happy Sunday, family. It is so great to be with all of our TWC family, wherever you're joining us from around the world. And it is also quite an honor for us to greet all of our guests that might be joining us for the first time, the second time, or maybe this summer, you are just getting acquainted with the Worship Center. It is great to be with all of you. Happy Sunday to you. And I'm excited for us to continue this amazing series called Get Closer. Now for the entirety of the summer, our focus has been just that, to get closer. And the way we've been doing it is we have been encouraging our entire TWC family to prioritize spending time with God daily by grabbing a copy of their secret place devotional and journal and simply doing their soap devotion daily and then talking about it with their family. Now, you may think that, well, we're coming to the close of the summer and I missed the campaign. Well, let me encourage you. There's still time for you to get involved. All you've got to do is grab your copy of The Secret Place, pick up where we are in our daily soap devotion, and then make your family your small group. Talk about it with friends, family members, mom, dad, kids. Get everybody involved. I promise you that it is going to bless you. Now, in addition to our uh, Get Closer initiative by doing our soap devotion, each Sunday, all summer long, Our pastors and ministers, particularly from our teaching team, have been sharing the Word of God with you through their own soap devotion. And listen, it has been incredible. They have done a remarkable job. It's been an amazing time of teaching and impartation, and it's given me a great level of excitement because today I get to do the same thing. I'm excited to share the Word of God with you today from my soap devotion. Now, today's soap devotion reading comes from Isaiah 43 through 45 and 1 Peter 4. But today, from my soap, I want to get into Isaiah chapter 43, particularly verses 1 through 4. It says this, But now, this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba for your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Wow. Now, if I could give this soap a title, it would be The Love of God. As a matter of fact, the last time I was in South Africa, the church where I was ministering sang a song that captured my heart. Now, before I tell you about the song, I want to ask all of you to do me a favor and uh, add the country of South Africa to your prayer list. Would you lift them up in your prayers in your quiet time? Because in addition to COVID, the country of South Africa is going through a lot of turmoil right now. 
and they need our prayers. Listen to all of our friends in South Africa. You may be watching me right now. Please know that we love you and we will continue to keep you and your families in our prayers. Now, if you can't tell by now, you should know that I love the country of South Africa. It's always an honor for me to be there and minister. But the last time that I was there prior to COVID, I was there and I was ministering at this particular church, but they broke out into spontaneous worship and they sang a song. I'd never heard it before. They just kind of made it up, I guess, there about the love of God. And it was a simple song. The lyrics were, it's so wide, you can't get around it. It's so low, you can't get under it. It's so high, you can't get over it. That's the love. That's the love of God. That was the whole song. And it's kind of hard to describe the power and the presence of God that came into the room during that worship. In fact, I even tried to record it on my phone just to preserve that moment. Can you see me in worship with my phone raised because it was just that powerful? It's kind of hard to describe to you now. You just kind of had to be there. But as you could probably tell in the way that I'm trying to describe it to you, that worship and that song made an incredible impression on me, and it stayed with me to this very day. Now, I'm sharing this story with you because when I read Isaiah 43, particularly verses 1 through 4, I hear that song being sung repeatedly in my heart and in my mind. It's so wide, you can't get around it. It's so low, you can't get under it. It's so high, you can't get over it. That's the love. That's the love of God. I hear that song when I read Isaiah 43 because that is what God is saying to the nation of Israel and to us in this passage. Now, by way of observation, I've already given you the S, the scripture, and by way of observation and application, you need to know this. When you get to Isaiah 43, the nation of Israel, by the time you get to Isaiah 43, the nation of Israel has been exiled to Babylon. Now, in addition to their exile, Jerusalem has been destroyed. Their promised land, if you will, has been turned into a wasteland, and they are now being held captive in Babylon. Now, they have no idea what their future is going to hold. In fact, other passages of Scripture help us to see that they faced their future with more fear and anxiety instead of faith and excitement. Yet, in the midst of all of that, in the midst of what looks like nothing but doom and gloom, God sends this word of encouragement through the prophet Isaiah that communicates God's love for them and just how extensive and awe-inspiring God's love really is. And just in case you attempted to believe that this word of encouragement is only for the nation of Israel, please think again. Because the truth is, we have all been living in some type of exile for the last 18 months. Life as we knew it was destroyed. And as a result, we have been exiled from our comfort zone. We've been exiled from a way of life that we hold dear. We have been exiled from peace and even many of the people we love. And now, with vaccination rates still far too low, particularly in Alabama, and with the Delta variant on the rise, we are facing an unknown future, perhaps with more fear and anxiety instead of faith and expectation. Yet, just like he did then, God is doing right now. 
He's sending us this word of encouragement that is designed to remind some of us and teach others of us just how much God loves us and how far-reaching and all-encompassing His love really is. Let's jump into this and go deeper into the observation and application of Isaiah 43. Well, first of all, what we see, number one, is that God's love won't leave us in exile. I love this. If you're journaling like I normally do when I do my soap, I, I journal with points. And so point number one for my soap is that God's love won't leave us in exile. See, chapter 43 opens in a very strange way. The first two words of chapter 43 are, but now. Now, normally, it's not good when there's a but in a sentence, because anything that comes after the but negates what came before it. For example, when people pay you a compliment and they say something like, hey, you did a great job, but you forgot to address this important thing. It doesn't really feel like a compliment because everything they said after the but negated everything they said before the but. When we hear the word but, often our heart drops. We emotionally start getting prepared to hear bad news. This is why we really don't like sentences with buts in them. Yet God opens this chapter in chapter 43 by saying, but now. And this but, y'all, is good news. Now, in order to understand why this but now is good news, you got to go back to chapter 42. Because chapter 42 ends with the judgment of God being pronounced against Israel. As a matter of fact, take a look at uh, Isaiah 42, and let's start at verse 23. Because in verse 23, it says, Which of you will listen to this or pay close attention in times to come? Who handed Jacob over to become loot and Israel to the plunders? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned? For they would not follow his ways. They did not obey his law. So he poured out on them his burning anger, the violence of war. It enveloped them in flames, yet they did not understand it. It consumed them, but they did not take it to heart. Now, this is how chapter 42 ends. God pronounces judgment on the nation of Israel. God tells them, y'all abandoned me. You didn't follow in my ways. You didn't obey my law. You did all of the things I told you not to do. So I poured out my anger upon you. And if you've been getting close or closer to God this summer in doing your soap devotion, you've seen it in many of the books and in the verses that we've been reading this summer. After God provided for the nation of Israel, made ways for them, continued to love them and save them and bless them time after time. What you've seen in the verses we read, particularly this summer, is after all of that, they forgot about God. And I got to tell you that as we've been reading, particularly through the book of Isaiah, when I read these kinds of verses where God pronounces judgment on the nation of Israel, a big part of me kind of gets it. Because it's hard to ignore just how far the nation of Israel drifts from God in many of the chapters and verses that we've been reading recently. You know, there have been some days recently when I've been doing my soap devotion and, and when I stumble upon tragic stories of how the nation of Israel abandoned God. It's kind of hard for me to finish those particular Old Testament chapters because of how disrespectful and callous the nation of Israel is towards God. 
which is why when I read chapters like chapter 42 of Isaiah, my initial response is, I get it, God, because after everything you've done for them, the people still turn their backs on you. They still refuse to be faithful to you. Yet this is what makes God's words at the opening of chapter 43 that much more profound. After the people betray God, after the people refuse to remain faithful to God, after God pronounces judgment on the nation because of their disobedience and their unfaithfulness, he turns right around in chapter 43 and says, but now. Now remember, whatever comes after the but negates what came before the but. But before the but is judgment. As a matter of fact, judgment that is well-deserved for the nation of Israel. Yet, this is how much God loves us. Even when we deserve judgment, even when we deserve to be in exile, His love won't leave us in exile. Right after He pronounces judgment on the nation of Israel, God comes right back through the prophet Isaiah and says, But now, this is what the Lord says. Can I give you the Bishop Moody translation? The translation is, y'all messed up and you deserve to be punished, but I love you too much to leave you in exile. Oh, family, listen, that blesses my soul. That, that's a word for us, because if I can be totally transparent with you, I've spent a lot of time recently looking around at the state of our country and the things that I have seen have often made me feel like maybe we do deserve to be punished by God. I've seen how often we are more Christian in name than in function. And I sometimes say to myself, yeah, we might deserve to be punished for that. I've seen how we tear others down instead of building them back up and how we will step on and step over whoever we have to in order to get what we want. And it's made me think, yeah, we might need to be punished for that one. I've observed how our politics and our preferences appear to be more important than the person and personality of Christ. And it's made me think, yeah, we probably deserve to be punished for that. Yet this is why this but is such good news. Because despite all of the things that we have done, the love of God is so great that he can't stand to leave us in exile. His love won't leave us in our failures or in our filth or in our pettiness or even in our selfishness. His love won't leave us there. He will pick us up, dust us off, and give us chance after chance after chance to start again. Hallelujah. That's a word. This word of encouragement is so amazing because it demonstrates how vast and how awe-inspiring the love of God is. But the second thing that, that I journaled about in doing my soap on this passage is this. Number two, God's love leads us through problems to purpose. Number two, God's love leads us through problems to purpose. Let's go back to Isaiah 43, because the next thing that God says in verse 1 after he says, but now, he goes on and says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, 
They will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Now, I've got to unpack this. Jacob and Israel are the same person. If you recall the story of, of, of Isaac's son, Jacob is the trickster, the charlatan, the con artist. He spends much of his early life doing deceitful things. He lies to his father Isaac. He steals his brother's birthright. He defrauds his uncle Laban. Much of his early life is marked by him being a trickster and a con artist. But his bigger purpose is to become Israel, the man of purpose, the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. So when God says Jacob was created, but Israel was formed, he's talking about the same person with two different natures. See, Jacob is the natural man, the man of the flesh. Israel is the spiritual man, the man of purpose. Let me say it another way. Jacob is how grace found him, but Israel is what grace made him. Now, this is important for us because you have to understand that you are one individual with two different natures. Yes, you have a carnal, fleshly nature. That's how you were created. But God's greater purpose for your life is for the Christ-like spiritual nature to be formed in you. As a matter of fact, that word formed means to mold or to shape. There's a, a verse in scripture that points to this in 2 Corinthians 3 when it says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed, there we go, into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. God wants us to look more and more like Jesus every day. See, one of the greatest ways that God works in our lives is that He molds us and He shapes us into the people of purpose that He created us to be. That's how He, he makes us look more like Jesus, through this molding and this shaping. But get this, God uses experiences, challenges, problems, and even difficulties to do the molding and the shaping. See, the way God gets us to purpose, the, the way God gets us to better, listen to me, is not out, but through. This is so important. I, I got to say this again. You can't miss this. God's method of delivery, the way that God prepares us for purpose and gets us to better is not out, but through. Meaning God won't always take us out of difficult situations, but instead what he does is he takes us through them. This is why it takes Jacob several years to ultimately become Israel. He had to go through running from his brother. He had to go through years of working for Rachel and Leah. And then he has to wrestle with God. It's only after all of that that his name and his nature changes. Why? Because what he went through molded him and shaped him for God's purpose. See, the problem with us is that whenever there is difficulty or challenge or issue or problem or adversity, we want God to bring us out. That's what we say. That's often how we pray. God, get us out of this. God, change the circumstance. Get me out. But here's what you need to know. God's method of delivery is often not out. It's through. And what you need to know about that is that this is God's love on display. 
God's love leads us through the problem to purpose because God uses the problems to mold us and shape us for that very purpose. God knows that there are things that we need, that there are things that will help us to be better that are literally hidden in the problem. This is why God goes on to say in verse 2 of Isaiah 43, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned in the flames. They will not set you ablaze. Now, I must be honest and tell you, when I was much younger, and I used to read this verse, I used to think that God was saying, hey, if you ever find yourself in any of these kind of situations, water and rivers and, and fire, don't worry about it because I got your back and I got you covered. I used to think that. But what I now realize that God is saying is in fact, he uses all of those types of challenges and difficulties, not to necessarily punish us, but to mold us and shape us. See, understand this, waters cleanse us, rivers direct us, and fires purify us. If you remember, the nation of Israel had to pass through the waters of the Red Sea during their exodus from Egypt. And the Bible is clear in the book of Hebrews that that experience for them was a type of baptism. In other words, they were through that baptism experience in the Red Sea. They were closing the door of their old lives as slaves in Egypt. And God was also cleansing them for their new life as a chosen nation set apart from God. Some of you have had to pass through waters recently. And just like baptism, that is a sign of your old life being buried and you coming out of the water ready to walk in a new experience and a new life. That is what that experience was designed to do. God wanted to bury your old life and cleanse you to walk in this new season you're about to enter into. Listen to me. There is stuff from your past that you can't take into this new thing that God is getting ready to do in your life. So God allowed you to pass through the waters to mold you and shape you and cleanse you for what's coming because waters cleanse us, rivers direct us, and fires purify us. I love it in Psalm 46 and 4. It says that there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. And not only there, but in Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel has this prophetic vision of the glory of God coming back into the temple. And he describes a river that comes out from the temple and flows through Jerusalem. And he says that, that first the river came up to his ankles and then it came up to his knees and then it came up to his waist and then it came up to his chest. And then he says it ultimately came over his head and he was no longer able to resist it. He was taken away by it. That's so good. Let me unpack that so you don't miss this revelation. See, often we try to resist the will of God in our lives, or if we don't resist it completely, we try to control it. Meaning we want God to move on our own terms, or we want God to do what we want the way we want it. But ultimately what God wants is for us to get to a place where we surrender completely to his will and allow his river to take us where he wants us to be. Oh, I'm talking to some of you that have been trying to swim against the current. And let me tell you something, it's been tiring 
and unnecessarily difficult because you are still trying to force your will. But when you let go and allow the river of God to direct you where he wants you to be, you will find yourself in a place that is better than anything you could try to create on your own. Because waters cleanse us, rivers direct us, and fires purify us. See, going through the fire is a necessary step in the process of creating something valuable. Precious metals must be put through the fire because the fire burns off all of the junk, all of the impurities, all of the debris that tries to attach itself. See, what comes out of the fire is much more valuable than what went in. This is why in Job 23 and 10, Job says, but he knows where I'm going. And when he tests me, some translations say, try me. That, that means when he puts the fire on me, it puts me through the fire. Job says, I will come out as pure gold. There are some things, family, that God knows must burn off. There are some impurities in us that God knows have to be removed for where we are going. These are all of the different types of challenges and situations that God uses to mold us and shape us for purpose. He will use the water to cleanse us, the rivers to direct us, and the fires to purify us. This is why God says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Let me speak directly to, to you because you need this. God is saying, I got you. He's saying, I'm in this with you. Don't you dare think that you're going through what you're going through by yourself, whether it feels like you're going through the waters or, or, or being tossed to and fro by the rivers or whether you feel like you're going to be burned up by the flames. Whatever that situation is, God wants you to hear this morning that he's with you. He's using that situation to mold you and shape you for what's coming, but you're not going through it by yourself. God uses all of those things, family, to mold us and to shape us for the greater purpose because his love leads us through problems to purpose. But here's the last thing that I pointed out in my soap. Number three, God's love will sacrifice everything for us. Oh, I love it. Lastly, God's love will sacrifice everything for us. Look at verse three and four of Isaiah 43. In it, God says, For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Now, I got to unpack this. Cush and Seba are what is now known as Ethiopia. And during this time, Ethiopia and Egypt were also conquered by the Assyrians. The Assyrians conquered and did a lot of destruction in Jerusalem that led to the Babylonian captivity. So what God is saying here is that while there are other nations that might look to other people to be more valuable than Israel, what he is saying is, he wouldn't trade Israel for anything. He says that, listen, I'll give Egypt, I'll give Ethiopia, I'll give all the other nations up. He says, because you are that important to me. God is literally saying that he loves them that much, that there is nothing that he would take in their place. 
He's saying that there is nothing that is more valuable and more precious to him than Israel. God says, I'll give people in exchange for you. And what he means by that is that there is nothing that he won't sacrifice for them. They are that important. And I hope you figured it out by now. This is not only how God feels about the nation of Israel. This is also how God feels about you. You are the most important thing to him. As a matter of fact, Psalm 17 and even Zechariah 2 says that you are the apple of his eye. You're that important to God. Some of you are thinking, but Bishop, you don't know me. You don't know the mistakes I've made. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the skeletons in my closet and my past. None of that matters because whatever you did, Egypt, I mean, rather, Israel did far worse. Whatever you think is your mistake, Israel made so many more. But what I want you to take away from this is even though they deserved punishment, even though they deserved exile, God says, I can't leave you there because I love you that much. And you know how I know that God loves you that much? Because he proved it when he gave his very best, when he gave his only begotten son, when Jesus came to die for you. That was God saying, I love you that much. This is why, family, every time I read this passage in Isaiah 43, I, I want it to do my soap on some other passages, but every time I read Isaiah 43, that song from South Africa floods my heart and my mind. It's so wide, you can't get around it. It's so high, you can't get over it. It's so low, you can't get under it. That's the love. That's the love of God. Family, I hope that you would open your heart to receive that love. The greatest thing, without a doubt, that I've ever done in my life is accept Jesus into my heart. And I want to ask you, if you don't know the Lord, to do that right now. If you know Jesus, but you don't have a church home, a community where you belong, a place uh, where you're not judged, where you're not condemned, where you're not looked down upon, but you're welcomed, you're loved, you're affirmed. I want to encourage you to take that next step and to connect with us here at the Worship Center. There will be information on your screen uh, about how you can connect with us. Our campus pastors will also give you those directions. But I want to encourage you, don't harden your heart. God is ready with his arms wide open not to judge you, not to condemn you, not to point out every flaw. He just wants to love you. It's, it's so wide, you can't get around it. It's so high, you can't get over it. It's so low, you can't get under it. That's the love of God. I pray that you will receive it. And I look forward to myself along with the teaching team going even further in this teaching series, Get Closer. I hope you will continue to do your soap devotion. Bring your family around. Talk about the word of God. Let's get closer because God's got so much more in store. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Bishop Van Moody. For more information about Van Moody Ministries, please visit vanmoody.org. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed week.